Sherry Hayworth, president at Plyco, a MedPro group, asked all employees to try a hybrid approach to work. What many learned surprised them and they're continuing to experiment. Hear their story and effective hybrid work approaches in this episode. Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results. And you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. Sherry, tell us, what is the current work approach at Plyco? Is it hybrid? What's it looking like today? Currently, we are hybrid. Historically, we so we're located in Oklahoma City, and every single one of my employees across every function was also located in Oklahoma City prior to the pandemic. So we were an organization where everybody came into the office five days a week and um, worked in the same space and shared space. When the pandemic hit, then we obviously went fully remote Mm -hmm. and we were fully remote for probably for about four months. And then we, we started coming back in stages. So, and that was on a volunteer basis. So people who were really missing the office on a regular basis, you know, were able to come in and then we had some time and space to be able to ensure that there was you know, enough distance in between people that we had the right cleaning protocols in place that we had setups available for individuals. Um, We had a very small number of people who signed up for the very first wave. Um, And then we gradually started bringing, you know, people back. Um, We have been back in the office We actually came back into the office um, last October of 2021, and then when Omicron hit, we kind of went back home Mm -hmm. um, until that passed, and then at the the beginning of March, everybody has transitioned back to come into the office. Now, we have a 3-2 setup where people work from home three days a week, and they're in the office two days. Okay. We do request that Wednesday be a common day for all of our employees to help allow for, you know, departmental meetings and and maybe some interaction, uh, some fun activities with employees. It's a lot easier to plan, you know, lunch being brought in for everybody if if people are going to be in the office that day. Okay, great. And then the second day, um, people are able to choose whatever day that might be. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's terrific. I've heard a number of folks say like, hey, we're back in the office a number of days a week, but I'll go into the office and none of the people that I need to talk to are there. They haven't selected the same day. So I think there is something to be said there for some 
coordination of what is going to be a common day that will all come in the office. And I think I think we will move to having a second day as okay. well. Uh, I think that that's that's kind of in the works. Our plan is to move to that second day. Um, Probably can, a Tuesday. Can you see why, Sherry? Like, what? What has? What's leading to that decision? I, I think that it's recognizing that one day a week um, is isn't enough. Isn't quite enough in terms of, especially in the beginning, people get back and they're really excited to see one another, and so you have a lot of um, socialization happening along with work. Um, and so adding that second day still allows for a lot of flexibility, but gives more focused concentration, I guess, on work to be scheduled around collaborative type days. Okay. So it's almost repurposing your office. I don't, I don't know if, you know, we ever saw our physical office as having any kind of, of meaning or any, you know, anything that we attributed to it other than it was the space in which we worked. Yeah. And so now I think your office has to have some kind of purpose and, and maybe those purposeful office days are spent in ways that are different than what they were before, because you, you know, before any moment in the office during the week could be a collaborative moment. Mm -hmm. um, now we have to be a lot more intentional, intentional about having those collaborative moments and, you know, making them more scheduled, I guess, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. Collaborative <laughs> moments are on Wednesdays. Right. <laughs> well, those are the, the best. That's the day that is most ripe for collaborative moments, right? Yeah. 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 So are Wednesdays starting to feel full? Yes. In yes. the office? Okay. That's why, all right, this is, this needs to creep into another collective in office day. So it feels almost like it did prior to, you know, Corona, you, everybody's in the office and you have um, people milling about and running into other people in the hallways or into the, you know, the common spaces and, and, um, re-engaging in relationships that have been put on pause for yeah. a few years yeah really realistically yeah okay I've got more to ask you about this but I want to tell everybody that today I am speaking with Sherry Hayworth she's the president of Plyco which is a medical professional liability insurance company as she said located in Oklahoma City Sherry began her career in human resources and driven by a people-oriented perspective, was able to successfully shift to operations leadership. Oh, Sherry, I love when, uh, when senior leaders, when our presidents have a background in HR. Sherry believes in the importance of recognizing that there isn't a single business decision that doesn't have a people impact. Once you can articulate what that impact will be, you are best poised to make the right decisions for the organization and its stakeholders. Well said, Sherry, and thank you for being here today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
So I know every organization, the story is going to be different, uh, but I like for Plyco how this started out. We're going to have one collective in-office day, and now people have been experiencing that. They've been scheduling what they're scheduling on Wednesday, and you are learning organically, we need another one of those, or, or we need more, whether another morning or another full day. Yeah, because if we're going to ask employees to come back into the office, they need to know why. Right. It has they to be worth their the time. Yeah, right. oh, go ahead. It has to be worth their time, their effort. Yeah, well, like you said, the office has to have a purpose. Right. Because employees proved that they, in many, many, many industries, that they can do their work from home. Right. Yeah. So why do, why do I need to make the effort to put on real pants and come in? <laughs> you know, I think it's all about capturing what you didn't realize that you had before. Mm. Um, recognizing the importance, you know, just in your, in your own career development, your own um, experiential development in terms of the work that you do, that um, people from other backgrounds with other skill sets and other areas of expertise, the more I collaborate with them or the more exposure I have to them and their perspective and their perspective on the customer, their perspective on the work, their perspective on a a policy or a, a process, it helps me be better at my job. And, yeah. and it, it's difficult to articulate that. And it, you, it's, I haven't found a way in which you can measure it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the work that's being, there is absolutely work that's being done at home and people are able to perform and, and maybe even at higher levels at home because you've eliminated some distractions. Um, and, but the work at home can be um, very task oriented, very independent type work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But we know that there's also there's also some some work that comes in the door that if you had a, a handful of people around you that you were able to have a quick conversation with in the moment that you could have that work that complete that work in a in a faster shorter amount of time and with a, a better result potentially yes uh, I like what you're saying here because this is this is not only what employees want and need I mean it's also what teams and right. your colleagues want and need. And it's also what the work needs, needs yes. to be done exceptionally well. And we know that there's work that benefits from in-person ideation, checking for other perspectives, building on each other's ideas. Um, oh, I'm just going to you know, pop my head over and see so-and-so and get their input on this rather than having to chat back and forth and get a right. meeting arranged three days later, right? It's, it's not only what employees want because we've experienced this benefit of working from our homes, but it's also what works for, right. for, the, for the work and to satisfy your customers, 
and you have important customers. It's interesting that you say it's what employees need um, because I did find that with some employees that they didn't necessarily recognize that they needed it until they returned back into the office. I yeah. had several who really, you know, they, 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 they really liked working from home full time and it was working well for them. And there were things about it that, you know, gave them a lot of freedom, a lot of um, flexibility that they didn't have before in the old environment. And so then when you ask them to come back to the office, you know, we did get some pushback. We did get, you know, some requests to work from home full time. Yeah. And, you know, and my request was, let's give it a try. Let's come back t- two days a week and see, give it several months because we knew what it was like working in the office five days a week. And we knew what it looked like working completely remote five days a week. But what we didn't know was what a hybrid environment would look and feel like for for those involved. And almost to a person, the feedback that I got from employees after their first day back in the office was, I really didn't want to come back to the office, but I'm so glad I did. I recognize I do need this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you invited folks to give it a try. Right. Because that's absolutely right. And this is all, it's an overused word, but it is really all unprecedented. And, and you said it really, really well. And we're getting used to new rhythms in our lives. And, and yes, there's things that we're really enjoying about work from home, but we don't know, like going back to a, you know, a couple of days in the office, a week, right. what, what will that look and feel like? And I know you've also had your eye on folks that are newer in their career, new to a company, your company, and um, you know, th- they might not have known what that experience was right. of working in the office five days a week. So really no exposure to what might be the unexpected benefits to having time in the office. Right. Right. And building those relationships. You know, I, I do think so much of our success in our work is reliant upon the relationships that we've built, whether it's internally, externally, and, and how those relationships, those dynamics, you know, cross that border between internal and external. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really think that for many organizations, this, let's give something a try might right. be a really effective approach. And then you can evolve and shift into what is ideally going to work. And maybe this is something that continues to shift over yeah. the life cycle of an organization. Well, I think it does because I think that everybody's need or their definition of flexibility is different for each individual and for each stage of life or stage of career. Yeah. You know, what I needed in terms of flexibility in my work and, and home looked different for me 10 years ago or even five years ago than it does today. Mm-hmm. And then I think in the next three years, um, again, my life will shift and the, the idea of flexibility won't match, you know, what works for me today. Yes. 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 So well, I think it's the phases of life of each 
right? Individual employee. And recognize it. So a one size fits all approach isn't the answer. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because if the idea is to, to help support the employee and to give them the flexibility that they crave, they desire, they need, um, you know, a one size fit, fits all approach isn't going to, to meet that criteria. Right. Right. Well, and I think this is just going to become another variable, another dynamic when you've got an employer seeking new employees and you've got candidates seeking work, part of cultural job skill set fit is going to be what is that work model? Right. Is it work from home? Is it 100% in? Is it, is it hybrid? Is it you get to decide, uh, and that's going to yeah, become another variable. And you have a little bit of all of them, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly hearing about a, a wide mix, and people will ask me for my advice, and I think it, it's really everybody's got to figure it out. My advice is get the experiences, drum up the data. Right. right. How's it? How's it working for folks? What do individuals need? What does what do teams need? What does the work need? And intentionally think about all of that and co-create with right. with your employees. Right now, you all are experiencing collaborative Wednesdays. I'm making up a title there. Everybody's right. in the office on Wednesdays. Right. And you're having that experience and you're filling up that day and you are collectively realizing we need more time when everyone's yeah, in the office. A little bit more time. What are the, we've talked about some of the benefits. What are the challenges that you see ongoing, Sherry? I think the biggest challenge that we have is cross-functional collaboration, really and truly. I, mm-hmm. I do believe that managers, um, teams have done a very good job finding ways um, in a hybrid world, in the remote world, and in the in-person world to connect to each other, to um, talk about the work, to strategize, to implement strategies. The, the place that I, I feel the biggest gap is with the, the cross-functional. If I don't have a need, a specific need to reach out to a teammate on another team, um, you know, do I do that? If I have a need, is is the is the communication um, not as not as complete as it might have been had that communication taken place in a different form? So, f- for instance, uh, you know, we're all I think most humans cue in to. Um, body language to certain things that aren't said, or, or when I have a dialogue with you, my intent may be to cover one thing, but there might be something said either on my part or your part that we go down, you know, this, this rabbit trail, people will Mm -hmm, call mm -hmm, them, mm -hmm. but there, oftentimes you find that there's benefit to having some of those side conversations because you learn something that you wouldn't necessarily have set a meeting up to, you know, to receive that information, um, or it, it doesn't come up in the course of the discussion on a particular topic. Yes. So how do you have, 
how do we do a better job of cross collaboration across functional lines? And that's that's the biggest challenge. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that's really wise to to notice that. And uh, yeah, the situation where someone might have the best of intentions, right, to keep people up to date, and I'm, I'm right. collaborative, I'm a good team player, you know, I want my colleagues to know, I want my company to do well overall. But honest to goodness, you know, our plates are full, we're working on something. Right. So if there's not an immediate need for another group to know or another group to take action, we might not think to include them right. in right. in the moment. And if we're isolated at home, it's easier to forget that. Yeah. And when you're isolated at home, it's easier to, to see, to ha- be a silo. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm only going to take in this information or deal with this particular issue as it pertains to the work that I'm doing, but I may not, because I'm not seeing my colleague every day, I may not think to, you know, give them a a heads up on, Hey, you know, this happened with, with this customer um, because there was nothing I needed from them or, you know, it didn't, it didn't involve that particular side of the organization. Um, and it's 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 those little conversations that you have that you again you can't measure them and you you can't pinpoint exactly how they they come about, um, but the information that's shared in at the water cooler yeah. is pertinent information to you know me being able to be as effective in my role as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at some point, but this is a lagging measure, you know, would be if a decision was made and didn't include needed perspectives, right? So right. then uh, it, uh, it didn't work in some, in some way. Anything that you or the leaders in Plyco have been trying to foster that cross-functional collaboration? I don't know if we've done it effectively. <laughs> I think that it's all, you know, trial and error, right? Absolutely. I think one thing that now I think moving forward, you know, we'll we'll have um, a divisional meeting, and um, oh. we'll we'll have people that are in person, and we'll have people who are attending remote. And I do think that it is important to have a so if, if, if you're facilitating a meeting, it may be important for you to have a designated moderator for the tech, technical aspect of that particular meeting. So somebody who can, you know, see the, the questions that are being brought up in chat or engaging, managing breakout sessions or um, uh, being the person to post if you're you're doing an internal poll or or sharing a document, just ensuring that the that those who are attending remote are are being woven into you know the the live discussion on hand. We I found that me trying if I'm facilitating the meeting, me trying to be the facilitator and that you know remote catch-all individual is a lot gets lost. Well, and I'm hearing, Sherry, not only from helping to manage the technology and making sure we're seeing what's coming in the chat, maybe also like moderating, like, 
Right. Okay, this question is coming from this yes. area of the organization. Okay, here's a question or a comment or input that's coming from a different perspective, right. point of view, making sure that's being included. Right, so that everybody has that opportunity to engage. Um, and, and I think that they are more likely to engage if they're remote and dialing in to this particular meeting, if they know that the comment is going to be, or the question is going to be seen and acknowledged and, and, and woven into the fabric of the, the meeting. So that's important, getting, getting better at being able to um, have an even, even playing field. You know, I hear that a lot. And, in that respect. But I don't think that the answer has to be, well, now we have to have everybody dial in remotely for every meeting. Mm. So I, th I think that there are ways that you can still have that hybrid approach um, and, and keep the, the in-people, in-person individuals engaged as well as the people, you know, who are remote. Well, the hybrid uh, is going to be happening more and more. Right. Right. So, so how do we make the meetings work that way? Right, right. And technology is such a huge piece. You know, I, I think that we have been a little bit behind in equipping our meeting rooms and mm -hmm. uh, facilities with the technology that helps to, to make that happen. You know, so maybe before, if somebody was dialing into a meeting remote, they might see this room and all of these people and the, the, the screen, the, the camera is covering this entire room. And so you can't really see anybody, yeah. right? <laughs> so exactly, exactly. Um, another thing that, that we've been attempting to do is what we call stewardship meetings. And that's really, um, you know, right now they're focused on maybe certain accounts. Um, so you have individuals uh, from across the organization and the various functions that might, you know, touch a customer that are having a, a, a monthly meeting where we're going through and just, you know, discussing a, you know, particular accounts, hoping that that kind of helps to be a springboard for, you know, um, maybe some larger conversations that can be had. Well, here's the purpose. We're coming together to discuss this account. This is this, this customer, uh, but this is cross-functional. And right. so the, you'll talk about what you need to for that customer. And then maybe those, some of those sidebars. Right. Because maybe, <laughs> maybe there was a question or a, a situation that arose with this particular customer um, and so you can talk about it as it relates to that particular customer so that everybody's on the same page, everybody is aware, mm -hmm. um, but also it might, you know, be the springboard to have a bigger discussion about, you know, we are seeing this quite a bit in our environment where, where we might have, you know, more physician practices um, having a need to, you know, to introduce this type of procedure and, you know, and so talking about it, it opening that door, just, oh, if you can open the door. Yeah. Well, and another one that might evolve and morph over time based on need. Right. Here's the purpose. We're coming together to talk about how to serve this clientele. Right. And then, hey, we're seeing benefits on, on talking about other things, right? Or we're right. seeing this um, creeping up from our view, right? I right. want to get others perspectives yeah. on this and let it organically evolve. Right. 
Because inevitably what you have is when, when somebody else in the organization realizes that this department has offered this service or done this for a particular account, you know, their mind, oh, I, what I really could use for, you know, I had a customer on the phone the other day who was asking this question. I didn't realize that that was something that we'd be able to do. And then you're opening the door to just have the, have these other conversations where, you know, you, you, you for organic discussions about, you know, how we can move the business forward, not just how can we do the business that needs to be done today, but how can we continually improve upon how we do our business today and, you know, improve our, our organization and how we, we um, show up for our customer. I really like these stewardship meetings, Sherry. I've had some um, organizations I've worked with that have had varying degrees of success with department liaisons or functional liaisons. Right. So I'm I'm in one group. I'm going to go to the other group and attend their meetings and get updated and, you know, see some of their project timelines and stuff Um, and, you know, and have a voice over there. You know, they they take this person's perspective in and there's been um, some organizations that have done it really well. Right. And others that have struggled to get a foothold there. But here's cross-functional groups coming together, immediate need to serve a client. Right. And then they get the added benefits. Right. Start with a purpose. And then, and like you said, and maybe the purpose evolves over time Mm -hmm. to to include what you originally set out to do, but it expands, expands upon itself. Yes. I'm just thinking like what... What, what we're saying to leaders here in this moment, like think about what you might need, right? And how do you come together for a clear purpose and uh, allow it to evolve to that place? Right. I, honestly, someone might see, gosh, I think our company would run best if everyone was in the office four days a week. Right. Your, your workforce might revolt at, yeah. at that straight out of the straight out of the shoot. So, you know, what's the immediate why, the immediate purpose to get folks in the door? What's the work that most um I said desperately, that's kind of an intense word, that um, most immediately, you know, needs that in-person collaboration start there. Right. And then see how it needs to evolve. And maybe we were wrong. Maybe it doesn't need four days in person. And this right. is all, this is all new. <laughs> and, and, and like I said earlier, you know, it's, it just depends. I've got departments here who, when we said two days a week, they were like, nope, we're going to do no, we're going to do a minimum of three because they found that works best for their team. Okay. Um, they're a highly collaborative team. They've always mm-hmm. been highly collaborative. And so they've missed that. So for them, you know, every single person in that department was anxious to come back and be together in the office. So that works well for them. And, um, and so obviously, you know, you, you want to be able to where it makes sense. And as long as you're able to achieve your, your goals and your mission as an organization, then, then you can allow for that flexibility for individuals. Um, yeah. 
So there, there, and there might be, there may be individuals, and, and I do believe that there is a percentage of the population who are just not built for remote work. That's not, you know, that they're not going to be successful being a remote employee. Sometimes they recognize that themselves and sometimes they don't. And so managers have to mm. have to be able to recognize that and be able to address it effectively. Um, and, and that's a that's a that's an area that's going to be tough mm-hmm. for managers is to is to be able to um, manage at the employee need level for each employee rather than, okay, this is how I like to do work. So if I like to do work from the office four days a week, you know, and I'm a manager, I'm more likely to expect my employees to want that and like that and, and, you know, participate in that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, yeah. We can also make assumptions based on someone's phase of life. Right. You're a parent of young children, right? We could assume that they want to be there to drop them off at kindergarten right. or, or what, and, 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 and maybe that isn't the thing. Right, right. That's, so that's most beneficial to them about work from home. Yeah, it's imperative for, you know, the, the leaders to have conversations and to know, to understand. So if you want your employee to, embrace this idea of coming back to the office they have to fully understand your why behind it like you said but the the flip side remains as well you have to understand their why Mm -hmm. okay so when they're requesting you know a schedule that might look different than somebody else's you have to be able to understand and be willing to um to to give them the flexibility that you're asking from them in return yeah yeah, because if, if you're not willing to do it, then, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to keep that employee, even yeah. if you offer all this flexibility in the world, if it's not flexible to them, mm-hmm. then it's not flexibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you've called out that um, leaders need to have the skill set of finding out what employees needs really are. Right. And I often think it works to to ask the question on both sides of the coin, right? What's most beneficial to you about work from home? What's most challenging, right? What parts of your day do you feel most energized? What parts of your day do you feel drained? What do you look forward to? What's like a ugh in your, (laughs) in your, in your gut and, and, you know, probing on both sides of it. And again, we're getting used to new rhythms in our lives and, individuals might not clearly see it what's working for them personally immediately so it is not a one and done conversation we need to keep talking about it we need to keep asking the questions in different ways uh, and find the way that taps into the person's awareness and understanding and comfort so they'll answer the question and give the information um, that's needed. Right. Keep asking. They'll, they'll get yeah. the sincerity at some point. Like, right. This leader really, really wants to know. And, um, yeah, it might involve the leader being vulnerable as well. Right. Right. But if you're going to ask a question, then you have to be willing then to also, you know, um, 
give. So, so yeah, you know, to oh, make to meet said right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, okay, that's not what we wanted to hear. Like we were planning to go to three days a week in person, and you can't be too afraid of. Well, if I allow one person to do X then that everybody on my team is going to think that it's unfair or it's, you know, um, not, I'm not, to, I'm not trying to say that we shouldn't be aware of the impact that it has to other members of the team, but you know, you shouldn't go into that conversation with that in mind as a, as a block. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so scared of setting a precedent. Now everybody right. else is going to feel entitled. Yeah. You have said some really great stuff today, Sherry. I mean, I love the designated moderator for hybrid meetings, for fully remote meetings. It's so important um, to moderate that variety of perspective input uh, that's coming in. The stewardship meetings, having those those cross-functional gatherings for a specific purpose, recognizing what's going on at the individual employee need level, being tuned into that ongoingly and leaning into these conversations, be on the lookout for what needs more investigation, what needs more understanding uh, and uh, have have those conversations. There's nothing that employees don't want more than attention. Right. From their leaders. They need to be heard. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you always that they always get exactly what they're asking for, but they need to at least know that they were heard and um, and that their their thought, idea or perspective was valued and is valued. Yes, Yes. it is important to hear it, even if we're not going to be able to fully action. Right. Um, They need to feel heard. Right. Thank you, Sherry, for being with me today. I really appreciate you sharing your experience and your thought leadership here on hybrid work. Well, thank you, Amy. Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the courage of a leader.